Welcome to another edition of the NFL Draft Preview Series from the Fans First Sports Network. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's Jeremy Betts with you again, bringing in Andrew Wilbar. Andrew, we're both fans of the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we, we're heavily invested in this AFC North draft scenario that is compiling before us. Tell us how you're feeling as we are about to talk AFC North. There is so much to talk about from everything that has happened with Lamar Jackson to the Browns. What hasn't happened. <laughs> the Browns not having to pick early on at all, not being able to yeah. touch a whole lot. And then obviously the Steelers who have needs primarily in the trenches, but they could also afford to add a lot at other positions too, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Let's start with the team that finished second in the AFC North and is the subject of all of the uh, craziness going on at the quarterback position with Lamar Jackson, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They've made some moves this offseason, adding wide receiver Odo Beckham Jr. in a, a late splashy play uh, of free agency uh, from the well, he was with the Rams most recently, uh, but sat out 2022 because of a knee injury and uh, probably just wanting to take a year off maybe to get right. Um, but he feels a, a huge need for the Ravens. Um, they also added another wide receiver, this one from New England and Nelson Aguilar, um, to help improve this room and maybe say, Lamar, come on, come on back, man. We're going to help you out at wide receiver. See, see what we've done. Come back, Lamar. Uh, we asked three questions on this show for every team. Andrew, let's say Lamar Jackson does come back. All right. Let's just, let's just say that that happens for now. What are the top needs for the Ravens heading into the draft? We have to look at the secondary, specifically at corner. They Marcus Peters is still a free agent. They brought in Trayvon Mullen, if I remember correctly. Yes. And but Kyle Fuller is still a free agent as well. They have other pieces, you know, Demarion Williams, Jalen Armour Davis. But outside of their their guy, Marlon Humphrey, you don't yeah. have a whole lot of depth there. I think they need to add someone sooner rather than later, and this is the class to do it in. But also, I would say edge is another position that needs to be addressed early on. David Ajabo, I believe, is going to be a star in this league. But Odafe Away has not lived up to the hype, not lived up to the billing of his draft selection. And Tyus Bowser, he's solid guy, but not a guy who you want to be more than just a a guy who's going to be in a rotation. You don't want him being the, your full-time guy on the outside. They have to add somebody else. I think edge is a position they should address probably on day two. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's the sneaky need for this for this team? That's question number two we ask on this show. What is the under-the-radar need for the Ravens? I think it has to be safety after getting rid of Chuck Clark. This is a position that they've got to add a little bit more to. They drafted Kyle Hamilton last year. They have Geno Stone and Darius Washington there, but yeah. they need to add somebody else as well. I think this could be a spot. We know the Alabama connection is strong with Baltimore. Perhaps Brian Branch, this is the spot mm. where he goes. I could see that as a possibility. And there, there's a lot of places they could go. But ultimately, that secondary has to be addressed. But safety, don't forget about safety. Even though we're, the push is going to be on corners, they did just lose a starter, and they have not done much to replace it. You are correct there. Uh, the Ravens are picking at number 22. So the back half of the first round. Who are some players then that make sense this is question number three. Who are the players that make sense for the Ravens uh, at 22 based on their needs? Well, Baltimore likes guys at length at corner. They like guys with long arms, guys with long frames, 
I think Deontay Banks makes a lot of sense. Six foot one, a big guy on the outside who can press. He makes a lot of sense. Plus, he's a local guy. You also have Julius Brent, one of the longest corner prospects that we've seen in a long time. Uh, he doesn't have elite speed, but he has elite everything else. And he's a guy who's going to break up a lot of passes due to that outstanding length. He uses his length while he bumps receivers off the line. I think 22 is a bit of a reach, but if they're a team that decides to trade back, we know that Eric DaCosta is willing to make moves on draft night. So don't be surprised if this is a team that moves back. If there's somebody that starts slipping on the board and another team decides to move up, Julius Brents could be a target the back end of the first, early portion of the second. Uh, but like we mentioned, Brian Branch, all right. Emmanuel Forbes is one other guy I would mention as well. If they're looking at corner, a guy who, despite this lack of bulk, he does have some length to him. Yeah. Does the OBJ signing um, eliminate them from the wide receiver running in the first round, do you think? I think not entirely because okay. they still – Bateman is a bigger bodied receiver, but if you do bring back Lamar Jackson and you want to just surround him with weapons and go all in on the offense, you can see a guy like Quentin Johnson. He's the guy who's falling of these wide receivers, but it's hard to find a spot for him. Yeah. To find a spot for a lot of these receivers because we talk about teams like Seattle and the Chargers and these teams that have bigger bodied receivers. They need someone in the slot or maybe their slot is getting older like Seattle with Tyler Lockett. And you need to bring somebody in as a future replacement. But what do you do with a big receiver like Quentin Johnson? Yeah. Maybe this is the spot he goes to. It's hard to tell at this point. It really is. And the Ravens, obviously, they got to figure out this quarterback situation first. This whole story could change if Lamar Jackson is shipped off to the Colts and the Ravens are all of a sudden picking number four. And uh, you're talking, are, are they going to try the Lamar Jackson experiment over again with Anthony Richardson or are they going to figure out something else? It's going to be really interesting to watch this team as we get closer to the draft when the red panic button uh, starts to glow a little bit more for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, let's move on to the AFC North champs of 2022, the Cincinnati Bengals who have gone from cellar dweller to powerhouse in, in not very long at all. It's been two seasons now of sheer dominance out of the Bengals. Are there some holes this year though? We're going to see offensive tackle Orlando Brown comes in from Kansas city they got him on a ridiculously cheap deal, in my opinion, for what my uh, expectations of Brown's market is going to be. And obviously, one of their biggest needs over these last few years was protecting Joe Burrow. Uh, a big move, I think, uh, for for this team is bringing in tight end Irv Smith, who never quite found uh, his role, his niche in uh, Minnesota. But with Joe Burrow at quarterback, an athlete like Irv Smith Jr., could really be an impact player for the Bengals who have needed help at tight end for a while and maybe still do. We'll talk about that here in a second. But Andrew, after these signings, what are the Bengals' top top needs heading into the draft? I would still say they could afford to add an extra piece of offensive tackle just because of the uncertainty surrounding Jonah Williams. Yes. And, you know, he wants to play left tackle, but what do you do with Orlando Brown? Do you move to the right? You know, what's going to happen with that scenario? <laughs> Orlando I, Brown is not playing right tackle. I don't <laughs> he made think, that clear but, enough last year. Yeah, he made City, that yeah. clear already. So yeah. who knows what's going to happen. If that doesn't get situated, you have to find somebody else. Look at a guy like, you know, well, actually, let's save that. We'll save that for when we get that. I'm not going to get that myself. Right. But yeah. corner is another <laughs> spot you have to address. The secondary, sure. there's not a whole lot. You got Shadobia Wuje and you have Mike Hilton. They brought in Jones. You got some pieces, but Cincy – you don't have that guy on the outside. You've got to find a boundary corner. 
like we said with Baltimore, there's plenteous guys that can fill yeah. that role, but it's just going to be a matter of who's available on the board. Everyone's going to have their preference in terms of style, scheme, fit, size. We could go all day talking about just the corner class, but I yeah. think corner is a position that Cincinnati has to come out of at least a two by with they have to come out with a quarter. There you go. What's the sneaky need for this team? I think it's tight end. They yep. they don't have the depth that they once had. They don't really have much of anything at tight end right now. And you look at that, you know, that's a golden opportunity for them at the end of that first round. I didn't mention really I didn't is. put them down, but a guy like Darnell Washington, a guy yeah. like Dalton Kincaid, if he is still there, a guy like Luke Musgrave, these guys could be available. And even though it may not be the top need or the top priority because of the wide receiver depth they have in Cincinnati. It's something that I think Joe Burrow would appreciate, especially if he can find a guy that can block a little bit, maybe of a little bit more support to an Orlando Brown or whoever is playing that other tackle position. Darnell Washington is scary to me as a thought in this offense. If he puts the athletic traits together and what the Bengals want to do running the football as well, he he's a guy that makes a, a lot of sense for this team. Um, let's talk some players then that make sense though at, offensive tackle at cornerback for uh, the Bengals, where they're picking pick 28. It's the dregs of the first round. You're starting to look at, you know, maybe some of the guys, the the day two guys that they could reach a little bit for if they like them a lot and they're not going to pick again until the end of the, the second round. So who, who you got Andrew that, that fits this Bengals team as far as their needs go. I'd say Anton Harrison and Matthew Bergeron. Those are two guys in the later first round. I have early second round grade on Harrison, and I think I have like a late second, early third on Bergeron. Not as high on him, just because I don't know where his best fit is in the NFL. Is he right tackle? Is he left tackle? Is he guard? Does he slide the guard? All of those are possibilities, but there's still a lot of unknowns with Bergeron. Harrison had pretty good tape. Wasn't tested a whole lot, though. Dalton Kincaid, we already mentioned him, and Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, all the tight ends. DJ Turner is a guy, though. They've drafted a Michigan defender last year in Dax Hill, who's going to be uh, they're going to be counting on him after yes, losing Jesse are. Bates this past year. Yes. They're counting on him. Maybe they bring in a guy that he's familiar playing with, and DJ Turner, a guy who's really risen over the past couple months. His tape is phenomenal. A lot of people didn't realize that until after he ran that four two six forty and went back to the tape and are like, "Wow, this guy can really play football, and he can play more than one scheme too." So this is a guy that I think is really underrated. Do not be surprised if he hits that late first round. I think the Bengals could be a spot for him. Yeah, him, uh, Keely Ringo makes sense here as well. If if they like him, if they're comfortable with some of the issues that we've seen from him, again, a size speed guy that fits the mold of what they would be looking for uh, as well. Are the Bengals still the best team in the AFC North, Andrew? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, here's a team, though, that we're going to talk about next that could could fall anywhere on the map to me, uh, and it's the Cleveland Browns. They could be the best team in the AFC North. By the time it's all said and done, they could win this division, and they've got the talent uh, in place to do so uh, on offense and defense both. They've they've added some, some players. Uh, they traded for wide receiver Elijah Moore. That's a fantastic move if you're Cleveland, uh, in my opinion. He's going to fit that system so well. Uh, and then defensive tackle, one of my uh, free agent or guys on my free agent wish list for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, was uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, who ends up uh, in Cleveland. And then they also brought in safety Juan Thornhill to fill what 
was probably a really big hole for this this defense. Uh, might have been their biggest hole uh, before free agency. So they've made some moves. Obviously, they've got uh, Deshaun Watson in place. He's going to get a full offseason. Uh, he's going to play a full season. So how does that rebound? But uh, where do, where do where does this team's needs reside uh, most heading in toward uh, towards the draft? I would say edge rusher. They don't have much there. You look at inside linebacker. These are positions, Jeremy. That you know, you. I mean, even I'm looking at some of the positions that you have on here as needs, and you know, it's all comes down to the defensive side of the ball. They got to add more there. The offensive line is still relatively intact. Yeah. They. Well, I'll let you go for the sneaky need because you have. I think you have an interesting take here for the sneaky need. But defense, they have to address with some of their early picks, which they don't have that many of them. So I think they've. It's important they hit on it, or if not, they're going to be stuck in that second wave free agency pool, trying to find some guys that can close the gap for a year or two. Yeah, I just feel like, especially the opposite, um, Miles Garrett. And then you're talking about the that second level at inside linebacker. They've got some guys there. Anthony Walker came back. They've got JOK in place, but they could use a thumper on on defense um, at the linebacker position. Uh, they could even use a, a guy with with range. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But yeah, the sneaky need uh, for me it was running back uh, and fantasy heads uh, around the globe are like no. No, 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 no. We finally have a Nick Chubb uh, powerhouse here without the, the dynamic duo behind him. Kareem Hunt is not in Cleveland, probably won't be back in Cleveland. Dernis Johnson, who flashed in the absence of both of those guys a couple years ago, is no longer there either. So depth is a huge issue for them behind Nick Chubb. I would be very shocked if the Browns do not look to address running back uh, at some point in the middle of this draft, they do not have a first or second round pick in this draft uh, for the Deshaun Watson trade that they made last year. But um, so their first pick is at 74. The Steelers will have three picks by then uh, for those Steelers fans listening in on the show. That makes you feel pretty good uh, if you're a Steelers fan, but for Cleveland Browns fans, what, what are we thinking here at 74? Um, Andrew, you give me some players. I've got a couple players as well. Oh, Andrew, I can't hear you, man. I am so sorry. That's all right. So (laughs) I do apologize. Those of you that are maybe viewing this, I am dealing with some allergy issues as this is being recorded. We've just had a huge change in weather over the weekend. So uh, dealing with some allergy issues I'm working through. So I do apologize about that. So if my mic was muted, you know probably just me you know blowing my nose whatever anyways back to more important things (laughs) that's right talking about edge rusher zach harrison is a guy a local guy he would make a lot of sense if he's still there could go as early as the second round but probably going to be a mid third round pick maybe cleveland decides to move up a few picks to get him if they feel like he's not going to make it to their pick keon white if he were to happen to fall that far his stock has been dropping rapidly you also have a guy like andre carter from army who's got outstanding length and would be a fit in that 4-3 system for cleveland and you have a guy as well from texas that you're a big fan of yeah moro ajomo it fits what uh the browns need at defensive tackle which is uh a guy with length pass rush ability kind of your your traits guy in the middle dalvin tomlinson is is the nose tackle that eats up space um maurice hurst that they also brought in kind of 
kind of fills that type of uh, role as well, a, a bigger guy. But uh, maybe to get somebody in there with with some athleticism, uh, he would make sense in that range. Uh, at linebacker, I've got uh, maybe Diane Henley uh, from Washington State. He's he's a guy that it's kind of hard to peg where he's going to go in this draft because of the the lack of depth at inside linebacker. He could be way gone by this point. He could also just be hanging out on the board because nobody's really paying attention to these inside linebackers. And uh, it's definitely a position of need. And he brings uh, skill in the pass game and in run stopping game. So uh, a guy who could be on the Browns radar for sure. Andrew, did you have anything else on the Browns before we move on to the last team in this AFC North grouping? Keep an eye on Dorian Williams as well. Another inside linebacker from Tulane. Oh, yeah. I'm really high on. Yes, Dorian Williams. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've made a bunch of moves this offseason to try to replenish uh, some issues that they've had, uh, or well, that they they now have some holes on defense. Uh, starting at linebacker, they brought in Cole Holcomb from Washington, a guy that they hope to be uh, really their leader on the second level of the defense. Uh, Patrick Peterson was the big signing at cornerback this offseason after the team loses out on the uh, sweepstakes for – oh, I'm blanking on his name, Andrew. Give me his name. Are you talking – Cornerback hey. uh, oh, Cam Sutton. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I can't think of Cam Sutton all of a sudden. It's uh, already out of your memory. You don't want to remember. Yeah, he, he gone. He gone. All right. Uh, See, we, had the, they, we had this battle, you know, because Jeremy and I, we do our own podcasts. Yeah. And – Jeremy was a big proponent of keeping Cameron Sutton. I yes, did not want him to be retained. And he, I love the Patrick Peterson sign. He did not. So we've just been battling back and forth <laughs> about this all off season. So it's just going to continue. So just, you know, don't worry about it, it. It really does. Yeah. Maybe it's time to drop it though. Uh, you know, just for our own sakes, our own sanity. Uh, and then the, the guy we didn't think they could get at offensive guard, Isaac Samalo from Philadelphia, uh, fantastic signing for the Steelers. They've shored up some holes that they were, uh, really looking like could be issues heading into the draft so with that in place or and that in mind Andrew let's talk about their needs uh what are the top needs for the Steelers heading into this draft you could go so many different directions I know there's a bunch of people who say well the Steelers will not go into the draft with needs but but if you look at the roster they need corner I do not want Arthur Mullet starting in my slot no, I do really do not want Keanu Neal playing a bunch of snaps at strong safety. I'm okay as a rotational guy, but unless you're moving Minka to more free safety and letting KZ roam the free safety role, you could potentially add somebody there. I obviously corner inside linebacker. The Steelers don't have that run and hit guy. Every Mike Tomlin defense has that run and hit guy. That's why I think Trenton Simpson would make a lot of sense at 32 for the Steelers because the Steelers haven't addressed that run and hit guy yet. Yeah. Steelers have a couple of decent run defenders. Holcomb, if they if they brought in Holcomb to be that guy, they're in for a rude awakening because he's not that good in coverage. He's not that good from sideline to sideline, playing man coverage, running after somebody, even though he has the speed. Don't he should be. <laughs> I was going to say he should be, yeah. But regardless, maybe he needs to just shave off that mullet. Maybe that will uh, make Ooh, him a little know. bit quicker. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. But it, even the offensive line as well. I don't yeah. know if this is the best time to address offensive tackle. I like Broderick Jones, but you have some character concerns there. And if you don't get one of those top tackles, I don't want to really mess with the day two guys outside. Maybe a Blake Freeland in the third round just as a developmental piece. Sure. But not a whole lot I want to work with. 
Yeah, absolutely. What's the sneaky need here? I put down wide receiver. Maybe you have something a little different. I think for teams not following the Steelers uh, like we do, they might look at and say, "No, you've got, you've got a." um Deontay Johnson and 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 you've got uh George Pickens on the outside you know what what are you talking about you need wide receiver well beyond that it's kind of like ooh, what what are we going to do here uh so I think wide receiver could move up the the needs list here and and get selected a little earlier than maybe uh some people might expect if they're not fans of the Steelers what do you think I think defensive tackle is something that has to be addressed because Tyson Lalu is not returning. You have nobody at nose tackle, really. You don't Yeah. at this point. And the Steelers have brought in some pieces along the defensive line, but they're more fits for the defensive end role that the Steelers like in their 3-4 unit. So you don't have anybody to play the nose. Mozzie Smith, I would love, whether it be at 32, 49, whatever, would make a whole lot of sense. That is a great fit for the Steelers, getting a nose tackle with some size and crazy athleticism. Don't pay too don't pay too much attention to just the okay pro day numbers, whatever you put on the tape. This guy is so powerful. It is not even funny, but I would also say safety as well. Uh, Sydney sure. Brown is the guy that I would keep my eye on. It's not a good safety class, but if the Steelers do feel like they need to add somebody else into the safety room, Sydney Brown's the guy, even if you have to spend pick 32 to do it, I think this guy could be a difference maker for a team. Yeah. It's a draft class that for the Steelers, it, it could shake out really, really good. They could have a, a player fall to them. Like, um, uh, um, Joey Porter Jr. Uh, as a player that makes sense for the Steelers at pick 17. He makes the most sense of any player. Uh, the bloodlines, obviously, position of need, uh, a top corner in this draft. Um, Broderick Jones, you already talked about, he could potentially be there. Um, Deontay Banks, if they wanted to grab a cornerback that uh, maybe a little bit of a reach, maybe, but still, you got to you got to find uh, somebody, and and he's probably not going to be there at 32. You heard some rumors that Addison might be on the plate for uh, the Steelers. Jordan Addison at wide receiver at 17, maybe maybe even at 32 if he were to fall that far. Is there anybody else, Andrew, though, that could sneak into the Steelers' discussion at 17 that might make sense for them? I don't think it makes sense, but Brian Breesey could be in play as well considering the relationship with Mike Tomlin. But then again, who do you put on the inside? Yeah. Are, you, are you putting Bercy on the inside? I, I I don't know what you're doing at that, at that point in time. I don't like Bercy as a prospect, especially in his fit with the Steelers. I think he'd be a better fit in a 4-3 scheme. The Steelers have played a little bit more 4-3 over the past couple of years and mixed some in, but ultimately not the greatest fit. But Bercy could be on the board. I think the other guy to keep an eye on would be Deontay Banks, a guy yeah. that you know you met you mentioned before as a corner. The Steelers could keep their eye on. They have strong Maryland connections. That would make yes. a lot of sense. Absolutely. Trade out. Omar yeah. Khan. Trade out. Trade down. <laughs> Steelers have three picks in the top 50, 17, 32, and 49. They've got some ammunition there. Let's see what they do. That's gonna do it for the fans for Sports Network's NFL draft previews. This show will pop up on any AFC North feeds out there, and it will also run on the FFSN NFL feed. I'm Jeremy Betts. That was Andrew Ubar. We'll be back with you for more next time on the Fans First Sports Network. Time to stop and check